This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 113. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 113. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. It is a lovely and then not so lovely afternoon in Seattle. Every time I look out my window, like one minute it's beautiful and sunny and the next minute it's like crazy stormy, windy, raining, sideways rain. So at the moment it's just gray and calm, but maybe by the time I'm done recording it will be sunny. I am excited to be here today because we're talking about anti-aging and at 41 and a half, I have some thoughts on this. I have some thoughts and I have some advice. So I'm excited to dive into our material for today. Before we dive into our material, I have a couple of fun things to share with you. First of all, Wednesday, so in two days from now, our interview for episode 114, I am so excited. I interviewed our first shameless kid. So I have to tease this episode a little bit because I'm so excited about it. I interviewed my new friend, Joshua, who is 12, and he works with Be Strong, which is an anti-bullying organization. And he works with them because he went through six years of enduring bullying. I met Joshua through my other friend, Scott Colby, who you've met Scott on the Shameless Mom Academy. He was in episode 102 talking about Say It With Gratitude. And he's worked directly with Joshua because Scott in his Say It With Gratitude campaign partnered with Be Strong and Joshua, the 12-year-old artist Joshua, did some great artwork to partner with Scott for his Say It With Gratitude thank you cards. So that's how I got introduced to Joshua. He's this 12-year-old child. I shouldn't say child. I should say like almost teenager. And he presents like 
the most sophisticated gentleman. He's so mature. He's so charming. And he is wise well beyond his years. So he's going to talk about his experience with bullying on Wednesday's interview. He's going to talk about what he's learned. He's going to talk about what he's doing. He's going to talk about how he overcame it. A lot of his mindset around how he kind of was able to get through six years of bullying, managing it with mindset and how his mom helped him with that. We did the interview via Zoom. And so we actually got to see each other on video, which was fun because I usually just do interviews on audio. So I was actually able to see him, which I loved. And I could tell that his mom was sitting next to him, but she wasn't in the camera shot. And so she was like saying things like kind of coaching him a little bit here and there. And so at the end of the episode, I was like, is your mom sitting right there? And I was like, hoping I would get to talk to her. And I got to talk to her. And just what an honor to talk to a mom who has a son doing such amazing things at 12 years old. You know, this 12 year old is reaching out to other youth and trying to really make a mark on the culture around bullying and helping other kids. And the most impressive thing about the whole thing was Joshua's compassion for the kids who are doing the bullying themselves. So it is a really fantastic interview. And I really hope that you'll all tune in on Wednesday, especially if you are a parent who has a child who is being bullied Or maybe you're a parent who has a child who demonstrates bullying behavior. That doesn't mean your child is bad and it doesn't mean you're a bad parent. But I think this episode would be really insightful because I think that there's a lot of reasons that kids bully and there's a lot of reasons that kids are bullied. And so it's just interesting to hear Joshua's story and to hear the work that he's doing with Be Strong and just to get some insight into what his situation has been like and how he's really used it to make it into something extremely positive and productive for the people around him. So make sure you tune in for that on Wednesday. The other announcement I have is that a week ago, I mentioned the Shameless Mommy Mastermind, and people have been emailing me, which has been super, super exciting. So I am putting together a wait list for the Shameless Mommy Mastermind. And what that means is I am bringing together a group of listeners, a group of shameless moms for us to mastermind together. And masterminding means that we will meet via Zoom video. So we'll actually get to see each other, but you can be anywhere. So I mean, anywhere that there's Wi-Fi. So you can be anywhere in the world and we will meet and we will have what's essentially an accountability group where we will do goal setting together. I will always have a topic of education and then we'll talk about wins. So we'll kind of celebrate each other. We'll get to talk about goals for the next upcoming week and we'll really get to support each other. So this is perfect for you if you're someone who has a goal that you want to accomplish in the next few months. So if you have a goal and it might be weight loss, it might be like feeling better about yourself, it might be making a career change, it might be going back to school, it might be like planning a great summer for your family. It might just be like taking some time to focus on you and set some goals about like, wow, I've never done anything for myself since I've had kids. And how do I even do that? <laughs> like, I can help you with that. <laughs> help you kind of set some goals around self-care, setting aside time for yourself, getting to know yourself again after motherhood. And then from there, you can set goals around like, wow, like now that I'm getting to know myself after motherhood, what does that look like? What do I want to do? Like, what are my aspirations aside from this amazing, challenging, exhausting job of raising children? So I have emails coming in from shameless moms who are like, yes, sign me up. So if you're interested in joining the Shameless Mommy Mastermind, just shoot me an email at info at shamelessmom.com and I will add you to the waitlist. And 
I'm just putting everyone on the wait list right now. And then as soon as I have details all dialed in, I will send out information and everyone on the wait list will get first priority and we will get the ball rolling on that. So this is something I'm currently taking a group through a mastermind like this, and it's been really, really fun. So I'm excited to do that within the Shameless Mom Academy because I think that it'll be really fun for me to actually get to see some of you guys and meet you via video. You know, I mean, I would love it if we could all come to my house, but this is the next best thing. You can still be in my office with me on video. So I'm really looking forward to that. So again, email me at info at shamelessmom.com if you would like to get more information about that, about the Shameless Mommy Mastermind. All right. Should we talk about anti-aging? So I'm going to be super honest. I've never really freaked out about aging. And okay, no, I take that back. I did. When I turned 25, I freaked out about aging and I had a quarter life crisis. But that wasn't about like, oh my gosh, I'm getting wrinkles. It was because I thought there was all these things I would have accomplished by 25. And then when that didn't happen, it was like a little blow to the ego. So there was things I wanted. I wanted to have my master's degree by the time I was 25. That didn't happen. I wanted to run a marathon by the time I was 25. That didn't happen. At one point when I was in the eighth grade, I wrote, I guess it was a letter to my 30-year-old self. And it was like, this is what your life is like. And in my letter to my 30-year-old self when I was 18, by the age of 30, I was going to be married to a pediatrician and we were going to have three children. So... I was like 150% single at 25. So there were some things that I felt like I was a little behind on with that whole like finding the pediatrician, getting my master's, running a marathon, all those things. So I had a little bit of a aging debacle at that time. But since then, I honestly feel like I didn't age since I turned 25. Like I still get carded regularly. I'm 41 and a half. I actually just got carded today because yes, it's Friday afternoon and mama had to go buy some wine. And it's funny when I get carded, I'm like, for real? <laughs> because in my mind, I'm like, I do not look like I could possibly be like 20 and a half, let alone like 18 or 19 or whatever. So I always laugh when I get carded. If I don't get carded, like I'm not offended. I just kind of don't think about aging. In my mind, I'm like, since I turned 25 and kind of got over that, like there's these things I haven't accomplished, I don't feel like I've aged in terms of like becoming less fun or becoming less adventurous. I actually become a lot more adventurous. I think I've become more funny because I care less about what other people think. I think there's a lot of things about my own life that just continue to improve. So aging seems like insignificant on many levels. That said, motherhood aged me in 14 hours, at least five years. And what I mean by that is after going through 14 hours of labor, which I felt like was going to kill me. I realized, relatively speaking, 14 hours of labor is not that bad because I know many people have much longer labor. But 14 hours without drugs, by the way, certainly felt like a lifetime to me. And I got done with that. And within a week of giving birth, I was like, wow, I've never felt my age until now. And now I know why this advanced maternal age is like really a thing because I had Vinny right before I turned 37. And I always kind of rejected this whole notion of advanced maternal age because I was like, whatever, like, I don't think that, I mean, in terms of like maybe my egg quality is not super awesome, but like other than that, I don't feel like I'm at a disadvantage. I'm super healthy. I work out. I eat really well. Like whatever. I wasn't worried about it. And then I had him and like going through labor, no matter how short your labor is, you're up for multiple days because like Vinny was born at 1130 at night, like for sure did not go to sleep after he was born. Even though my doctor was like, you really need to sleep for a few hours. I was like staring at him like, oh my God, like how do I make sure he breathes all night? And like, it was panicky. And I think that no matter what, even if you've been up for days in labor or you haven't been up for days in labor, you still don't sleep the first couple of nights. And then when you finally start sleeping, it's like you get to sleep for 45 to 90 minutes at a time for months on end, right? So you age really, really quickly after you have a baby. And I very much felt like 
and within those first couple of weeks, like I was like, wow, I've never felt old, but I feel old. And I would look in the mirror in the morning and be like, wow, what happened to me? <laughs> I would just look so haggard. And I've never been someone to be like, oh, I really need some concealer under my eyes before I go out. Like I literally didn't even own concealer. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I guess it's time to invest in some concealer because <laughs> this is just like frightening. So that was really the first time I felt my age. And I also kind of thought it would be temporary. I was like, I'm sure this will get better. Like he's going to be sleeping and like I'll get my pep and my step back. And that happened kind of, but it took like a real long time. It wasn't like I had a good friend who's her children at like 12 weeks started sleeping like 12 hours a night. So I was like, oh, it'll be like three months and then I'll be good. Oh no, no, no. It was much longer than that. And even when he started sleeping well, like there was just so much disruption to my life that was so stressful to me that like motherhood just aged me. And even now I feel like there's the way that I prioritize my time and my energy. It's all like, okay, well, I got to pace myself. <laughs> like, and I don't really feel like I had a lot of that before. So I don't feel concerned about aging, but I do notice ways that I've slowed down. And when I say I've slowed down, I sound like I'm like 85, but I do think that there are ways that I've slowed down in some of that is really positive, but I think that that's, you know, a lot has to do with motherhood. And I think that we all are kind of victim to this. And so you might notice like aging for you might be decreased energy and like the need for more sleep, the need for naps. It can be all these different things. It might be that you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, like I have wrinkles and I have cellulite, like all these kinds of things that are very physical outward appearance things. It might not be so much your energy. So I think it really looks different to everyone. I'm going to give some anti-aging tips today that have nothing to do with like magic pills or like expensive skincare lines, because I think that there's plenty of that if you want to go that route and no judgment at all. Like if you want to go get the Botox, you go get the Botox, <laughs> no judgment. But I'm going to give some other tactics, some other secrets to anti-aging that I think will be very helpful. But I also think that I want you to feel okay with embracing aging a little bit with being okay with like, you know, now that I'm 41 and a half, like I'm super cool with going to bed at 930 on a Friday night. I have no problem with that. I don't want to be out at a club. So there's a lot of parts of aging that I really have embraced where I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like actually my husband tonight is going to an event. And when he told me about it, he was just like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with these friends. And I was like, okay, sure. That's, you know, cool, whatever. And then this morning he's like, did you want to go? He goes, I kind of thought it wasn't up your alley, but like, if you wanted to go, I should have asked if you wanted a ticket. I was like, absolutely not. Like, thank you for not inviting me because there's no way that I want to go to this rock and roll thing and be out until like bar close or even midnight or like, no. So thank you. And I was like, and you never have to buy me tickets to these things. Like I'm totally good staying home. My night tonight is going to be Real Housewives catch up, wine. And I actually have like a little work project that I'm going to work on after Vinny goes to bed. So it's work, wine, Real Housewives. Like I'm super excited about that, by the way. Like I'm as excited about that as my husband is about going to his rock show. So there's pieces of aging that where I'm like, I'm okay with the slowing down of these things. So I think like embracing some of that is okay. When I look at my selfies, sometimes I'm like, wow, there's a lot of wrinkles on that forehead. A lot of people probably tell me to get some Botox. I kind of don't care though. So I think that looking at the ways that you're aging and embracing them is, I would encourage you to do that. And I think it's very acceptable to do that rather than trying to combat every sign of aging with some sort of like tactic and some sort of, you know, magic solution. I think some of it can be okay. Like it can be like, you know what? I have some stretch marks now and I have some cellulite now and I have some 
wrinkles and that's cool. Who cares? I have some gray hairs, which by the way, I found my first white hairs recently because I'm a redhead. So we whiten. So I found like four white hairs that I had been thinking were blonde for quite a while. I was keeping an eye on them. And then finally I was like, these are definitely not blonde. These are definitely white. But I was like, whatever. Like, I don't have time to be freaked out about it. Maybe at some point I will be, I don't know. So I think that it's okay to embrace the thing, the changes as you notice them, you know, so there's the piece of it that's embracing it, but there's also the part where you can counteract some of those things. And there's a quality of life issue to counteracting some of the signs of aging, because if you do let yourself age mindlessly and you don't pay attention to aging, your quality of life can really be compromised. And so if you let yourself be sedentary for too many years, you will have a hard time keeping up with your children. You will have a hard time keeping up with your grandchildren. You will have back issues and hip issues and knee issues. All this stuff will catch up to you. So there are definitely reasons to fight some of the aging stuff because it will interfere with your quality of life. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. I'm not super concerned about like making sure you do something about your wrinkles. I think that if you want to do something about them, go for it. If you don't, that's fine. But I also would encourage you to look at the ways you can counteract aging where it will increase your quality of life or increase the longevity of your life. So things that will allow you to live longer or live better, those are really important things. So keep an eye on those things because those are what's really important. Like cellulite, who cares? (laughs) Not a big deal. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about my six secrets to anti-aging that do not involve pills or serums or syrups or lotions or potions. Okay, number one, you're already going to hate me because I'm going to tell you to sleep more. I know if you didn't have kids, you would love me because you'd be like, yes, permission to sleep more. But when you have kids, you're like, I can't control my sleep. So here's what I'm going to tell you about sleep. Sleep is super, super important. And I said this a couple of years ago, and I still stand by it. And I already see it. And I for sure see it happening. Sleep is the new gluten free. So a few years ago, it was like, oh my gosh, gluten is killing everyone. Some people still think that. I'm not one of those people. I don't think gluten is killing everyone. I think there are some people. My son is one of them. So like I get both sides of it. My son is gluten-free. We think he might be celiac. We're like going through all this process of figuring this out, which started when he was three and a half. It's a long process when you're really little to diagnose this. So I think there's some legitimacy to being gluten-free, but there's also like a lot of panic around it that's unnecessary. Same thing with sleep. I think that there's a lot of controversy about sleep because I think in the past it's been like, just hustle, you can sleep when you die, like no rest for the weary, like those kinds of things. Not cool, totally not cool. And then the CDC last year, I think it was last year or the year before, they changed their sleep recommendation from eight hours a night to seven hours of the night, which I thought was ridiculously irresponsible. So irresponsible. You take a culture that is already unhealthy, obese, sickly, more than most developed nations, and you tell them that they should sleep an hour less a night, that that's like the mass recommendation. I think that is so inappropriate. So without getting on too much of a soapbox about that, I think there's information about like, you don't really need that much sleep and just like see what feels right and do that. And like, you know, if you can function on four hours, that's fine. If you can function on four hours, that's great because there might be times that you have to do that, especially if you're a mom of young children. But there's long-term ramifications for being underslept. And if you look at studies that look at people who've worked night shift for long periods of time, they have lots and lots of health problems. They have way poorer health. They have higher incidence of heart issues and cancer and obesity and diabetes and all sorts of things because their bodies are never fully rested because they never get into a rhythm. They're trying to flip back and forth all the time. Or when they do rest, it's in broad daylight. And so they're having to like trick their body into thinking that it's nighttime. So this can be really, really dangerous because sleep is so significant. And the most recent research coming out on sleep says that it takes precedence over exercise. It takes precedence over eating well. It takes precedence over everything else. Like it's going to, in the next few years, be the thing that doctors are saying is most crucial 
for long-term health. So that's not saying you don't have to exercise and eat well. It's just saying that you should be prioritizing sleep. So if you're not prioritizing sleep, that doesn't mean, and I'm a lifelong insomniac. I had insomnia as young as like the second grade. I remember having problems with sleeping. I have been to sleep specialists and naturopaths and therapists, and I've been on supplements and I'm finally on drugs for sleeping and I'm sleeping well for the first time in my life. And I'm like, I'm never going to mess with this again. I'm on a very low dose drug, but it works for me. And it's like an amazing, amazing solution for me. And it's helped me prioritize sleep and decrease my anxiety tremendously. And when you can decrease anxiety and stress, that is anti-aging. That adds years back to your life and quality to your years. So Sleep is super, super important. In fact, when I started sleeping well, finally, getting like an actual six to seven hours a night, which is still lower than you should get, but way better than my four to six that I was getting, my anxiety pretty much went away. And I was having like major anxiety before that, where I was really struggling with like wrapping my head around things and focusing on things. And it was really, really challenging. That pretty much went away when I started sleeping seven-ish hours a night. So Sleep is going to be huge and important in terms of rest and recovery. And what that does for anti-aging is it allows your body to rebuild and recover. So everything from like on a cellular level to a functional level in terms of like your muscles recovering from your workouts and your brain getting recovery and rehab from whatever you did during the day, your neuro pathways are like healthier because they've had rest and downtime and restoration, and then they can be much more functional. And like your body does a whole bunch of work while you're sleeping. So like it feels like rest time, but your body's like behind the scenes doing a bunch of work. So the sleep piece is going to be super, super important. You can prioritize that by just changing it 15 minutes. It doesn't mean that like you need to freak out and be like, oh my God, I have to go to bed two hours earlier now. You'll need to change it like 15 minutes at a time. So what you can do, and this is actually advice from sleep specialists that I've been to when I was going through my own sleep issues. They said like, don't change it in a huge way because your body won't be able to handle it. So like, this is why daylight savings can be a nightmare with children because you try to put them to bed an hour from different from their normal bedtime and their bodies are like, what? (laughs) Like This isn't when we go to bed. And then you try to wake them up in a different hour and their bodies are like, what? This isn't when we wake up. So changing sleep by 15 minutes is enough that your body won't notice the change. And so you do 15 minutes for two weeks. And then after two more weeks, you do another 15 minutes. Let's say you go to bed at midnight right now because your kids aren't in bed until 8 or 8.30 and then you want to have some time to yourself and whatever you do in those hours. So you don't go to bed till midnight. Change it to 11.45 and do 11.45 for two weeks. Once you've established 11.45 as a new habit, for those two weeks, then you do 11.30 for two weeks. So it's this like incremental over time. So over the course of a month or two, you might be getting to bed an hour or so earlier, which is hugely impactful, but initially it only has to be 15 minutes. So really challenge yourself to that and notice how you feel. The thing about sleep, and I mean, I would say this about exercise and nutrition too, is that you have to really take note on like, how am I feeling? Because if you don't notice the benefit, you're not going to keep doing it. So you have to notice the positive reinforcement. Like, wow, I have more patience with my kids and I have more energy. And like, it's easier for me to get up in the morning. You have to notice all those things because then you're like, oh, this is worth it. So I'm going to keep doing it. If you're just like, oh, this is hard and I don't get to watch as much TV and I'm like totally behind on Real Housewives now, then you're not going to keep doing it. And I totally understand the drama and the trauma of being behind on Real Housewives because I save it up until my husband goes out for boys' nights because I don't lose sleep to watch Real Housewives. If I lived by myself, I probably would, but my husband gives me so much crap when I have it turned on that I can't watch it when he's in the house. So I do not lose sleep over that. Number two, sunscreen. 
protecting your skin. So I am like a super pale redhead. Like my skin is the color of nonfat milk, which means that it's super white and it's so white that it's like a little blue around the edges. And then I have a lot of freckles. So my freckles kind of shield the nonfat milk effect. So you can't quite see it, but it's there. And I'm actually, I'm extremely freckled right now because I was in Hawaii and then the Philippines. I'm possibly like the most freckled I've ever been. But sunscreen is so, so important all over your body all the time. So of course, this is like important for protecting yourself from skin cancer, but it's also important for just the little impact of aging that might be bothersome to you in terms of wrinkles, in terms of sun damage to your skin. I know I go to the dermatologist once a year to get kind of a once over. And like it was probably four years ago or so, I switched dermatologists. And so I go to the new dermatologist and she's like, oh yeah. And she's like, I'm just making a note of the sun damage on your chest. And I'm like, sun damage on my chest? I thought that I had kind of just like a permanent tan on my chest, which I kind of enjoyed. She's like, oh no, that's all sun damage. And then on my face, I had this like one clump of freckles that only comes out in the sun. And it's like, I don't know, probably like eight freckles that kind of clump together. But they only come out when it's like super sunny. She's like, oh, and I was like, oh, I have like this cute little, like it kind of looks like a little birthmark on my chin, but it's like this little clump of freckles. And I'm like talking about it like all like cute and lovingly. And she's like, yeah, and that's sun damage too. So so she like went through my body and was basically like, here's all the places where you've abused yourself. So sunscreen is super important for protecting yourself against sun damage, protecting yourself from cancer, but also just protecting your skin from wrinkles and the things that you end up ultimately paying so much money for in creams and serums and lotions and like all these things where you're like, oh, these wrinkles and like the things that you feel self-conscious of oftentimes can be prevented by protecting yourself from the sun. And this is something I really didn't take seriously until my 30s. And now I take it. And even in my like early 30s, I was still like, oh, well, like I want to make sure I get a little bit of color. So like I'm not going to put on sunscreen until I've been out in the sun for X amount of time. But now I'm just like 30 or generally 50 SPF all the time. And I still get a lot of color through that, which is sometimes concerning to me. But I freckle and get a lot of color through the sunscreen, but I'm always fully protected. I'm also really careful with sunscreen, like in weird places. Like I have a little mole on one of my toes that the doctor's always keeping an eye on. So like I make sure I get the tops of my feet and my toes. I make sure I get the backs of my hands, the tips of my ears behind my neck. And this is the big one, my part, my part in my hair. So if you wear your hair all pulled back in a ponytail where you don't have a part, it's not as big of a deal. But if I wear my hair in a bun usually with a part on one side, my part, and I swear this did not happen until like the last few years, my part sunburns so easily. And it would be really easy for me to get skin cancer on my scalp and never know because who's looking. So when I go into the dermatologist, I'm always like, please look at my scalp. And I put sunscreen on my part like a mother. Like I grease my hair up there. Like I'm like, I do not even care because that's a really vulnerable spot unless you're wearing a hat. But if you're not wearing a hat, the sun is just beating down on that one little line of exposed skin. So think about that with yourself and with your kids too. And also like with your kids with if they have baby fine hair, put that sunscreen all over their heads. Like they look ridiculous, like they've just been like in a big big grease fest, but it's important to protect where their hair isn't fully covering or their hair might be really thin. It's important to protect those areas too. So that's like my redhead PSA of the day. So sunscreen, hugely important for anti-aging from a vanity perspective and a safety perspective. Okay, number 3, water. Water, it's the nectar of life, friends. So water is super important because of the impact it has on your body on a cellular level. Your body is mostly made up of water. So it needs a lot of water to survive and thrive. So you want to give it that water. And people always ask me, what counts as water? So here's how this comes up. 
at my gym, we do transformation programs. And during transformation programs, I always tell people you should be drinking minimum half of your body weight in ounces every day. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you should be drinking 75 ounces of water every day. And people get panicked about that. And they're like, oh my gosh. And this is our immediate thing when it comes to health stuff. People are immediately like, okay, how can I work around that? Instead of actually drinking water, what else would count? Does Sprite count? Sprite is clear. <laughs> like, Does coffee count? And people always want to know like what counts. So you know what counts as water? Water. Water counts as water. So drink the water. That doesn't mean that other things aren't healthy or good for you. So like, yes, like if you want to have clear liquids like tea, like those are hydrating, especially if they're caffeine free. And there's conflicting research as to whether or not coffee is hydrating or dehydrating. I'm not really that concerned about that. I don't think that you should be drinking coffee like to improve your cell quality. I think you should be drinking water to improve your cell quality. Uh, People ask like, what about bubble water? Okay, it depends. Like if you're drinking bubble water that's been sweetened with Splenda, then no, don't drink that. If you're drinking bubble water, like we have a soda stream and it's just bubble water. It's literally water and carbonation that we put in and we don't put any flavoring in it. Then like that's better because it doesn't have anything else in it, but it's still water and bubbles. Like plain water is just always the best. So when you can be optimal, be optimal. Don't ever let good be the enemy of perfect. So don't be like, well, since I can't have pure water, I'm not going to go for the bubble water. I'm just going to go straight for the Coke. Like don't do that. But when you can make an optimal choice, make an optimal choice. Water is excellent for your skin and how your skin looks and how your skin cleans itself. But it's also really, really important for just like body function, for organ function, and all of those kinds of things in terms of cellular rejuvenation, energy, metabolism. So like, yes, being hydrated helps you maintain a healthy weight. So all these kinds of things. So drinking water, drinking half of your body weight in ounces every day. I know everyone's doing math right now to figure out exactly what that is. So I'll let you do your math for a second. Okay, number four, this won't come as any surprise to you. Exercise. Of course, I have to put exercise in here. I mean, come on. So exercise is I think like one of the biggest keys to the fountain of youth because it keeps you able-bodied and it adds years to your life and it adds quality to your years. And so like you will live longer and better if you exercise routinely. That doesn't mean you have to go do CrossFit five days a week. It can mean that you go walking three days a week. It can mean you do yoga once or twice a week. It can mean a lot of different things. If you want to go run a 5k, go run a 5k. If you want to train for your first marathon, train for your first marathon. If you want to lift weights for the first time in your life, go do that. It can mean whatever you want it to mean, but it means that you get moving most days of the week, if not all days of the week. And so how can you build that in? And I really, really recommend if exercise is not part of your routine right now, that you do make it something that you do seven days a week, but make it like seven days a week, 10 minutes a day. So make it super bite-sized to start out just so that it becomes really routine. And then once it's super routine, then you can be like, okay, instead of doing seven days a week for 10 minutes a day and like having that time carved out every single day, you can maybe be like, okay, I'm going to do four or five days a week and do something a little more like an exercise class or water aerobics class or, you know, take up running three days a week. Like you can make it less frequent and more intense and longer duration. But I think that initially it can be extremely helpful to build it in as an everyday practice. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at mindful mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the mindful mama podcast. 
Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Or it might be that, you know, I have a lot of boot campers where I say, like, come to boot camp three days a week on non consecutive days. And then on the alternating days, like, take your dog for a 30 minute walk. Like, it doesn't need to be like this major effort on the other days, but still get moving. It might be do a few 30 minute walks and like a Sunday, and you're like, it's technically like a rest day. Just do like a 10 minute walk, just so that every day you're like, how am I moving today? The benefit of that is that it makes it non-negotiable. It makes it like, oh, okay, I'm going to move today. So what is that going to look like? Versus maybe I will, maybe I won't, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Like we talk ourselves out of it when we say like, well, I only have to work out twice this week. So I'm just going to actually like do that tomorrow. And then all of a sudden it's Thursday and you're like, great, I said I'd work out twice this week. So I guess I'm doing it on a Friday and Saturday. And then you don't do it again until like the next Friday or Saturday. So essentially you're like practically waiting a week in between workouts. So I think that initially it can be really helpful to have something that's very regular. If you're with small children and you can't get away to do a workout, you can't go do a walk or you can't go do something that's 30 minutes long, play tag with your kids for 10 minutes. Like make a game of it. Do stuff on your stairs. Vinny and I have like jumping contests on our stairs where we take turns jumping and we jump from the floor to the first step and I'll go like five times and then he'll go five times and his jumps are like stepping, not really jumping, two-footed jumps. Mine are actual jumps. I mean, for me, he saw me doing it in a workout at one point. He saw me doing some exercises on our stairs. So now he'll be like, I want to do your workout with you. So at the end of my workouts, we often do a few minutes of this together. But this is something that you could do without doing a formal workout, just be like, okay, we're going to do a couple things on the stairs. Maybe you go up and down the stairs a few times together. Maybe you do squats or lunges on your stairs. Like it can be just a few minutes of things. It can literally be, here's a 10 minute workout for you. You set a 10 minute timer. Your kids can do it with you. Most likely they'll run circles around you and it'll be kind of annoying. And you do 10 squats, 10 push push-ups, and 10 sit-ups. And you just keep doing that as many times as you can for 10 minutes. And you can rest as much as you need to. So you can take breaks. I would encourage you to rest as little as needed. But if you need to rest, go ahead and rest. But you can keep it ridiculously simple. And you can just do that. You can also exercise can be like I'm putting the kids in the stroller and taking them for a walk. Now, exercise is not necessarily walking with your two year old at your side, and they walk super slow and have to stop and look at every rock. So if you are going to count something as like your 10 minutes, make sure you're actually moving for the full 10 minutes and moving at like a reasonable pace, where you actually might break a sweat. And yeah, like you don't always not every workout needs to be super intense, but it should be like, you're actually moving the whole time. Or you're doing like a little burst and then having a little bit of rest. And then in that which case, burst exercise is great. And this is another thing you could do go to the park with your kids. If your kids can play independently at a park, you can have them playing on the swings or the slides or whatever. And you are in the grassy field that's part of the park. And you're like doing sprints. So you like run as fast as you can from point A to point B. And then you walk back and do that like eight times. That 100% counts as a workout, by the way. And what you will have done at the end of that is maybe run cumulatively for like five to seven minutes and walked for more than that. You probably will have walked for like seven to 10 minutes. 
and your kids are playing and your kids might want to do it with you. The other thing is that you're modeling exercise to them. So this is like a win-win all around, but getting in that exercise really regularly is a huge anti-aging secret. I would say it's the biggest one next to sleep. So super, super important. What that will do for you is it will keep you mobile for longer. So my mom we talk about exercise and she'll be like, well, my one hip is like weaker than my other. And I'll say, mom, you really need to do squats. And she's like, oh, I can't do squat. Do not tell me to do. And she like freaks out about it. And I'm like, mom, do you get on and off the toilet every day? She's like, yes. Okay. So then you do squats because getting on and off the toilet, that is a squat. Mom, do you get in and out of your car? Yes. Okay. Well then that's a squat. So if you want to continue getting on and off the toilet for a reasonable amount of time for like many more years in your life, and you want to continue getting in and out of your car, then you need to be able to continue doing squats. The other thing is getting on and off the floor. This is something that you lose over time. If you have small children, you're doing this all the time already. If you have older children, you probably very rarely get on and off the floor. I've worked with many clients in their 70s where this is like the biggest thing that we practice is getting on and off the floor. Because first of all, you want to be able to keep up with grandchildren if you have them. Second of all, it's a safety thing. I had a client who couldn't turn off her gas fireplace because she couldn't get on and off the floor. And she had to call and have someone do it for her because the gas was just running. And she had to like call this neighbor to come do it for her. Like granted, she had a significant knee issue and was about to have knee replacement, but that was scary for her. She was like, oh my gosh, like getting on and off the floor is a top priority for me. She was living independently and like to not be able to turn off her gas by herself, that was really scary. So getting on and off the floor is kind of a big freaking deal. So looking at those quality of life things that you maybe take for granted now, but that are going to be extremely valuable to you down the road. Like being able to do a burpee now means you're more likely to be able to get on and off the floor down the road, even if you hate burpees. So there's that. Number five is fuel. Food is totally anti-aging. There's amazing research about this. And you've probably, there's documentaries about it and like people who eat McDonald's for a hundred days straight and what that does to their body and what their skin looks like and all sorts of things, what that does to their weight, what that does to their blood markers in terms of like how it impacts blood pressure and cholesterol and all those kinds of things. Fuel is really, really important. And using food as fuel is essential. Food is not meant to just for you to feed off of, which is like mindless eating whatever's in front of you, food is intended to fuel you. It's intended to give you energy to work through your day. It's intended to give you energy and restoration to recover from your workouts. So make sure that when you're eating, I just was having a conversation with some gym members about this the other day, that when you're eating, always be aware of what is your goal with this meal or this snack? Is the goal to recover from a workout is the goal to prepare for a workout. So maybe you're having a snack, you know, an hour before your workout, what are you eating? That's going to fuel you for that workout. That should be mindful. It shouldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to eat some M&Ms before my workout. Like what's that going to feel like? Probably not so great. So same thing after the workout, what does that look like? I've done hot yoga and gone out drinking. I'm telling you, like it did not fuel me well. It's a real great way to be a real cheap date though. <laughs> so make sure that what you're doing is actually fueling you. It's also okay to have goals around indulgence sometimes. And so I was also telling my group the other night, I was saying, you know, it's okay to when to look at a meal or a snack and be like, my goal around this is just to completely indulge and enjoy this. It's okay once or twice a week to be like, this is just for me to enjoy. It doesn't always have to be like, is this going to be enough protein for my muscles and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't always have to be about counting calories and counting macros and all that. Sometimes it can be for joy and indulgence. That is fine. But know that that's the goal. Because if you know that that's the goal for this particular meal, then you know for other meals, that's not the goal. So then you really can be distinguishing like this is an indulgence goal versus a fuel goal and knowing that how those look different so that you're not just mindlessly indulging all the time and never actually fueling yourself or that maybe you're not even mindlessly indulging, but you're not mindfully fueling yourself. 
And then number six, stress and mindset. Stress and mindset are huge anti-aging tools. So if you are someone who's in a really stressful situation, it's one thing if you're in acute stress. So that would be something that's like, you know, for the next three weeks, things are really crazy. Or we just had this like huge event or drama or trauma that's like unfolding. And so we're in the middle of this like big hiccup, essentially, where life is just really challenging. That's one thing. And hopefully some of this advice will be helpful to get through that. But then there's also long-term stress where you have put yourself in a situation to live in stress that is so frequent and chronic that it no longer feels stressful to you. So this would be people who work, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and it no longer feels stressful. It would be the same thing with sleep where you're like, well, I sleep like four hours a night, but I feel fine because you've done it for so long. Your body doesn't know any different. So it just feels normal. Like sleep deprivation can feel very normal after a while when you have a little baby, right? Stress can also feel very normal after a while because it's so chronic that you can't recognize that, I'm actually suffering right now because you've been suffering for so long that you don't know what it feels like to not suffer. And this is something that I struggle with, with unplugging. Like when we go on vacation, it's stressful for me to unplug and it takes me a few days to do it. And then a few days before vacation is over, I get really antsy about like, oh my gosh, I'm like so nervous to look at my inbox. And so that's like chronic stress can be really hard to disconnect from. And it can also like be a little anxiety evoking when you take time to like de-stress and relax. And then you have to go back to the stressful thing. And that's when you realize like, oh wow, when I'm in it, I'm like, I'm really in it. And it does exhaust me and it is energy depleting sometimes. So looking at the things that are stressful, looking at the things that really do sometimes feel like they're overtaking your life and they're not things you truly enjoy. There's always going to be things we have to do that we don't truly enjoy to some extent, but where can you start minimizing those things and where can you bring in more positive influences? That might mean changing careers or changing jobs or changing offices, or it might mean getting childcare and getting out of the house more. It might mean having more date nights. It can mean a whole bunch of different things. It might mean like having a serious conversation about the quality of your marriage. It might mean finding different new friends who fuel you and impact you and inspire you in a more positive way. It can mean all sorts of different things, which all present their own sets of challenges, but it might mean taking a serious look at the things that are holding you back from living joyfully and happily and feeling really complete and looking at some ways to fix that. And the great way to do that is by working on mindset. Because when you start working on mindset, you immediately find solutions to your stressors. Because when you work on mindset, so I do a lot of work on mindset, I'm constantly reading personal development books so that when I have stressors in my life, I can look at it and be like, okay, this is super stressful. Why is this stressful? How am I going to deal with it? What am I going to do about it? And this actually happened just recently, a few weeks ago, I had this day where like a whole bunch of crazy things happened. And at the end of the day, I was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe all these things happen. And they were all things that like really, really got to me and were very overwhelming. And they were three things that were kind of related but it had like, they were related to work and they were things that had never happened before. And I was like, why did these three things happen in one day on a Monday, of course, because Monday's when all the hard things happen. So I'm like, why did these three things happen? And then I was like, you know what? It's because I needed a message about this one area of my work. And having these three things happen on the same day was a reminder that like, oh, this is what you need to do about this issue. Like there's this underlying issue that needs to be addressed that you've just been pushing away. And like the universe is telling you it's time to figure it out. And so that was a big wake up call for me. So instead of just being like, oh my gosh, this was a crazy day and like not sleeping well that night and drinking myself silly and all those things, I was able to use my mindset work to be like, okay, 
I need to like sit for a minute and figure out why this sucks and why this is really, really getting to me. And I literally like, I stood in my kitchen, Vince was upstairs with Vinny. I like stood in the kitchen and I was like, what is going on? And I like just stood there and it was literally for like five minutes. I just stood there and I was like, there's an underlying message in this. And then I was like, oh, okay. I see, I see what it is now. I see like why this all had to happen on one day because I needed something really impactful to happen in this area of my life. So that mindset work is really significant in relieving stress because then the stress, then it doesn't have to stick with you. You can be like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I have to just go do this thing. That doesn't mean that going and doing the thing is easy, but it means that like, I know now like I need to go deal with this issue and then I'm going to feel better. And that's going to be like the more positive direction for me in that area of my life. So I think that using mindset tricks really, really helps impact stress and really helps decrease stress. And there's tons of books. If you want book suggestions, shoot me an email at info at shamelessmom.com. And I'm actually putting together a book list for you guys, by the way, because the other day I was thinking about all the books I would recommend to you. And I was like, I just need to put together a shameless mom book list. So I'm actually in the process of doing that. So if you have any books you want me to put on the book list to share with other moms, feel free to let me know to email me. But if you want some of my book recommendations, you can email me at info at shamelessmom.com and I would be happy to send you some of those. Or maybe I'll try to post some of them on Facebook and Instagram as well. So there you have it. Six anti-aging secrets that don't involve pills, serums, syrups, lotions, or potions. So I hope this was really helpful to you. Again, if you are wanting more encouragement and more connection and more accountability in taking steps in your life and your health and your wellness, and maybe on different levels personally, I would love to have you as part of the Shameless Mommy Mastermind. So do feel free to shoot me an email at info at shamelessmom.com if you want to just get on that wait list to get more information about that as I roll it out. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to have you. And I'd love to get to meet you via Zoom video where we could talk and connect and really help each other out. So have a fantastic day. Make sure to tune in on Wednesday with Joshua Aparicio. It's a super, super treat episode to have our first shameless kid and have a fantastic day today. And oh, one more thing. If you have not subscribed to this show, go subscribe to this show so that you never miss an episode. So go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And that will take you into iTunes where there's a little subscribe button. You click on the button and then you automatically get episodes of the show. So some people are telling me like, oh, I missed this one or I missed that one. If you just subscribe, you don't ever miss one. You'll get a notification on your device as soon as if you have your notifications turned on, but it will also just automatically pop up in your podcast app when a new episode is released. So go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review to find that little subscribe button. All right. Have a fantastic day today. And no matter what you do, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.